0: to episode 35 of the Ricky Henderson Podcast, the greatest of all podcasts, the G O A P. Uh super glad to have A's president Dave Cavill here to discuss the new stadium situation. The man, he says he gets some sleep. How you doing, Dave? You doing all right?
1: I'm doing fine. We got a day game today. We're playing the Rangers. It's a rubber match. So hopefully we get a big win with Sham and I on the bump. Yeah, definitely.
0: So, um, so, yeah, I'll just jump right into it. I- I'm curious, um, why, do you, why is John Fisher so reluctant to talk to the media and take public accountability throughout this whole process?
1: Well, you know, I think John and I have worked together for over 10 years. You know, we have a great working relationship. You know, we worked together on a very successful development down in San Jose for the earthquakes, uh, the PayPal Park, and the associated Coleman Highline around it. And you know, I have been the one who has been designated to engage um, in negotiations with the media, with the city staff, council members, mm-hmm. and I've spent the last five years leading this project in Oakland. And we're we're excited about where we are. You know, we actually are kind of at the key point, whether or not we're going to get this approved or not. You know, it's a little scary because it may not happen. But by the same token, this is what it's going to need to take to put us over the top to get the approvals to put us in a position where we can get a shovel in the ground and we can make sure that we can actually have a team with the new ballpark, great fan experience and the ability to invest in our players and keep them here and not lose them. Like we have for, for quite some time.
0: Yeah, definitely. I hear all that, but, but don't you think uh, as Fisher, I mean, he's a majority owner, he's the managing partner of the team. Don't you think uh, And this, and you, you've used words as like visionary transformational for the entire region. Uh, don't you think ACE fans deserve to hear
1: from the man who's actually calling the shots. Well, like I said, you know, we have a really good working relationship, um, John and myself, and, you know, I have been designated to, you know, work directly with the media, with the fans, to get that input, to drive this process forward, and, you know, as a member of the ownership group myself, um, you know, really lead our efforts in Oakland on this project. And, you know, we haven't got where we want to get yet, because we still don't have the stadium built. And we still don't have a situation where we can have a fan experience that our fans deserve. Um, but we are making a lot of progress. And, you know, mm-hmm. I'm hearing from fans, I'm hearing for what people want, what they don't want. I'm hearing from the community. And we're, we're, like I said, we're in kind of the ninth inning on this effort that we spent the last five years pushing towards uh, in Oakland.
0: Mm -hmm. and and reportedly he hasn't even really granted an audience with like the city council and city officials don't you think his involvement could even help spur this process forward i mean i look at the warriors joe lake was at the front front forefront of everything Uh, they were able to make it happen really quickly and with a lot of obstacles and they were able to make it happen don't you think that his involvement could help spur this process actually
1: well actually um we we've been interacting with the council members myself john is another member of the ownership group for a long time. So that I, I don't know exactly where that report came from. Okay. But that, that's that been happening. And I think both the mayor and you know, folks like Rebecca Kaplan, who uh, is the vice mayor, have been engaged in real meaningful ways. So all, all of that is happening mm-hmm. in a way where I, I feel that the city is getting what they need, they understand what our vision is. Um, and they hopefully can come to terms with a positive vote on July 20th, which is really the key key moment for us. So, yeah,
0: I'm curious why you guys are putting so much stock into a non-binding uh, vote. And when because on July 20th, I mean, they could change their mind without any legal repercussions later on. Don't isn't wouldn't it behoove you guys to kind of wait for a more concrete answer, because uh, from the outside, it kind of looks like a a, a pushed uh, like a rushed ploy to, to kind of put public pressure on officials and uh,
1: and behold them to whatever decision they make. You know, Well, we've been waiting for five years. Yeah, So they haven't taken a single vote. Every other entity is voted okay the board has voted unanimously the state of california passed three bills for this project uniquely for this project the governor gavin newsom certified our environmental report the county voted to sell half their share of the coliseum to us the only body that has not taken a single vote on this is the city council and we need to know after spending 200 million dollars i'm spending two million dollars a month right now if the city council shares our vision for our waterfront development or not. And we hope they do because it's an amazing transformative project, $12 billion in private capital, 450 million in community benefits, a billion for the um, you know, general fund. It's a winner on so many levels, but we need to understand if they agree with that vision. And even if it's non-binding, if they can't get around to do a non-binding vote on something that has so many positives, well, maybe they just have a different vision and that's okay like it's not like we can't i mean it would be sad and tragic in some ways but they are elected by oaklanders to decide these things and we need to wait them to weigh in with the public policy decision
0: Okay. And, and can can you describe kind of the mechanics of what's happening now? Is it the city that's reviewing the term sheet and are going to send it back to you guys and you guys are going to agree with uh come to some sort of agreement by the before the 20th? Is that what's happening now? The city is actually reviewing um the term sheet?
1: Well, it's important to remember we took all of 2020 to negotiate the existing term sheet that we presented in January to the city. So we held three meetings a week, each meeting 2 to 4 hours. They had their 16-person negotiating team. I had my 13-person negotiating team. We were paying for all the people on both sides through a PEP fund with the city. And so we would have everything from transportation consultants, economic consultants, you know, bond counsel, legal people, everyone working to create a win-win partnership. We got to the point in January, we said, hey, based on all that feedback, we think this is something, this is what works for the A's. And we presented it to them. And then we were concerned because we weren't getting a lot of feedback or, or knowledge that things were happening, and so we we published our offer in April, so the whole public could see what we had offered and said, "Hey, we really need to understand from the council, you know, if if this is something that makes sense." So so by July 20th, when this vote occurs, it will be something that we've spent 18 months with the city on. It's not just the last like two months we threw this out there. The public part has gone on only for the last three months. But this is something that is very baked, And so there can be changes on the edge. Like it's not going to be exactly what we proposed. But the general framework is one that that has worked in other cities, that is fiscally responsible, that provides a lot of community benefits, and that really has the private capital shouldering almost all of the burden of the project.
0: Okay. Yeah. And a lot of the speculation is that uh, the uh, the, the Jack London Square IFD will be nixed. Um, and is that what you're expecting? I mean, on exhibit F of page 29, so reportedly, that's like the change that's coming. And if you looked at exhibit F, it mentions the IFD there. Um, and so are you guys trying to fill like a $1.4 billion shortfall that you initially projected through that IFD or what is, what would be the biggest change you anticipate, uh, in the term sheet?
1: It's hard to say. I have heard that too, that they wanted to kill that. Um, I think that's remains a really integral part of the financial framework because it allows not only the lift that our project will bring in tax revenue to the city to be directed towards these offsite improvements in Jacqueline and Square, but it provides 20% of that to community benefits. Mm-hmm. Because I think it's very important that the community feels that there are sources of revenue that it will control that can be used for things like workforce development, environmental justice you know, and sustainability, affordable housing, and that they would have control through the steering committee that we've spent the last year and a half establishing. Mm-hmm. And so I think that I, we still think that's a really important part of the, the project and we're, hope, we're hopeful it stays.
0: Okay. And, um, and also something I want to talk about too is the community financing districts, uh, like these special taxes that will be. So basically you guys, uh, or not you guys, but a special tax will be imposed on businesses like hotels, market rate housing that are on Howard Terminal. Is that correct? And that will actually... Um, be like the source of the funds to help pay people back. I'm curious how the CFD works in concert with the IFD.
1: Well, it really is just a pass through. So the people who would pay the CFD, it would actually just be the dollars they normally would be assessed. At the ifd so there's really they don't get paid they don't pay twice okay so there's not like an
0: extra it's not gonna be like prohibitive for businesses to get there it's it's, it's
1: only done that way for the bond council likes doing it that way because it's easier to issue the bonds okay so for those people let's say have a hotel or commercial development or small business you're not going to pay any different taxes than you would normally pay in any case it's just normally those taxes just go directly to the general fund of the uh, city and then you don't really have any say the community and where they go this allows you to direct some of this tax increment, the, the lift in the tax revenue, to projects that specifically benefit the area you're in. You're in, your in, so like a lot of times people really like that because they know their their tax revenue is used for their actual development or area around them. Okay,
0: and, and yeah, on on the June fifteenth uh, meeting with the county, they said they would like to at least wait till September to get a full look at everything. Uh, are, are the A's willing to wait that long if that's what it takes to get this deal
1: done? Well, you know, the county doesn't need to be involved to get the the project done. That's Mm -hmm. just one way the city is contemplating Mm -hmm. um, solving it. So that could work that may not work. It's hard. It's hard to say, Mm -hmm. I think, regardless, we need to see an affirmative vote on the 20th from the City Council, just to know that they are even endorsing the notion of this project. And if it requires um, the county acting later, Um, that could be prescribed in their resolution, but, you know, we want to get as much certainty as we can, as soon as possible.
0: Okay. And and I'm curious, are, is Fisher's company, Sansom partners going to be heavily involved with the fundraising for this project? How, how involved is Sansom partners with this?
1: Uh, well, it's, you know, it's really the A's actually as an entity in the same way we did it with the earthquakes in San Jose, Mm -hmm. that will be the horizontal developer, uh, of the project, which will handle all the infrastructure investment, which will take that on. And then. You know, some of the vertical development let's say there's a hotel or let's say you know there's a 500,000 square feet commercial office building like we built mm-hmm. in San Jose you might get another developer come in and say hey we'll do this with you or we'll pay you for the land and we'll do the whole thing it'll be a mix of that it won't just be one entity but right now there's always one like um horizontal or master developer who kind of takes the lead negotiates the entitlements with the city and then you bring on other partners and a lot of them could be local based um, people in Oakland who've had experience doing it. We've talked to a lot of these folks. I think they will be part of the plan eventually. Mm-hmm. But right now we're focused on just getting the key entitlements and seeing if it can get approved.
0: OK, And I'm curious, where does Sandy Dean fit into all this? I know he's been kind of Fisher's uh, close with Fisher throughout the years. Where does Sandy Dean fit into this whole negotiation?
1: Well, like I said, I'm the one who's the lead negotiator on all aspects related to this project. And so as the president of the A's, as and also as the CEO of our real estate group, that is my role. And okay. so I am the key person who interfaces not only with the city side, but also with the private capital and the Fisher family. And I've, I've done that you know, for over 10 years. So that that's the role I have. And it's one that has been effective in the past. We have projects that have been super successful and built out and we're hopeful we have the same success here in Oakland. Okay,
0: Kia, because I saw he was, um, you know, possibly part of these traveling parties, and I know he's heavily involved with the Mendocino Redwood Company, which has kind of been embroiled in controversy in Northern California for the past, you know, couple decades with environmental concerns with herbicides leaving dead trees as potential tender for wildfire. So I'm kind of curious, how can the public be assured that Fisher and Dean will have the Oakland's best interests in mind um, when, you know, rather than Sansom's bottom line, if that's what it comes down to?
1: Well, I think it's important to remember that we've been here over 50 years, these, and we are a community asset, we care about this community, we are proposing a project that will provide community benefits at a level never seen in, in any city in the state of California. Remember, our community benefits package is twice the size of Google's in San Jose, and that was a project that was unanimously approved by the city council down there. So we are offering a lot. It's never enough, we know that. There are lots of things <laughs> yeah. that need to be done. But people need to remember it's this or nothing.
0: Okay. So like
1: there, there are other people involved who are trying to kill this project, the polluters down at the port, all this type of stuff. They have no positive vision to help the community, affordable housing, workforce development, nothing. So we have a plan, it's not perfect, but we think it's one that's been crafted with a lot of positive feedback from the community, with the city, with other key stakeholders like the port. And we're hopeful that it can get approved and actually implemented Because I think it will lead to better outcomes for the citizens of the city of Oakland.
0: Okay, and I know we've got a couple more minutes here, but um, are you speaking, uh, have you spoke with any officials from Portland? Have you had a visit? Do you have any visits scheduled to go up there at all? Last I heard, there was conflicting reports about you going to Portland.
1: Um, Uh, Well, we have parallel paths going with Oakland and the Howard Terminal site and with Southern Nevada. Those are the only two parallel paths that occur right now. That's it. Um, We have been going to Las Vegas basically every two weeks. I'm going back next week on the 8th and the 9th to continue conversations with uh, the key resorts um, and casinos, the elected officials, and to continue to work on market feasibility. Mm -hmm. And that's really being driven by the fact that we are running out of time. We have a lease through 2024. We have a stadium that's 10 years past its useful life. And we need to make sure that our Major League Baseball team has a Major League Stadium. And that we're desperately running out of time to figure that out. And the league has been clear and we agree with them that we need to start working on other options, which we're doing.
0: Okay. Yeah. And uh, last one for you. So um, you said uh, that you you guys have spent over $200 million on this, uh, you know, new stadium search over the past five years. Uh, Has that come at, um, you know, at the detriment to the team's current marketing budget? I mean, how do you explain not having uh, team commercials since 2018, uh, no bobbleheads this year? Uh, you know, completely gut to the marketing staff. I mean, is it is it not possible to have both at the same time, you
1: know, you know, try to go for your future without mortgaging your present? Well, we uh, the, we've invested in the team here in Oakland, we've made almost $30 million in improvements just to the Coliseum, which is more than any team has ever made in the history of the facility things like championship plaza shy park tavern the Treehouse, stomping ground the new premium seating areas all those all those things as well as things that people don't see just to keep the lights on um so we've done all those things we've invested in in massive marketing campaigns the rooted in oakland campaign the efforts with Stomp are all around town. I mean, don't you we think got, like
0: Matt Chapman and Matt Olsen's face is Chris ba- – I mean, I, I feel like Chris Baskett walked down the street and nobody would recognize him. Don't you feel like the A's need to do a better job of marketing their current
1: product that they have now? Oh, well, you know, obviously last year we had COVID, so we couldn't have any fans. So there was less of a focus on marketing because we had no tickets to sell. This year there was a lot of uncertainty over, you know, having fans and when they would come back. And so, you know, now we, we just reopened, obviously, just two days ago fully. And so we wanted to be thoughtful about what messages we were putting out in the community, especially with the health authorities, Dr. Galley at the state level, and really the uncertainty around public gatherings. So a lot of it I think was actually more COVID related than anything else. And I think as we you continue to see us emerge from that, you're going to continue to see additional marketing and investment in things like fireworks nights, promoting our players, giveaways, whatever it ends up being, to ensure that we can have a great experience now for our fans.
0: Awesome, Dave. Thank you so much. And also, yeah, I want great, to say, I want to yeah. put, keep pushing Dollar Dogs. I know the Astros, the Indians, and the Pirates got them. So, it wouldn't it be unprecedented if you want to bring back Dollar Dogs, Dave? Yeah. I remember going. You were know, just okay. as a fan.
1: So, I remember, my friend.
0: All right. Well, Dave, awesome, thank you dude. so much, man. I really appreciate it, dude. Thank you so much. Take care. All right. Take care.